passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to the post-wrestling Royal Rumble post-show. I am John Pollock, joined as always by Wei Ting and a special edition tonight. Mike Murray has joined us here in the post office for the Royal Rumble post-show. Mike, welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me again. The people demanded it. Uh, we had a lot of compliments after TLC. They wanted to hear Mike back, so we thought the Royal Rumble. Uh, we needed a, a surprise return. What could be the biggest <laughs> surprise we could muster? And it was uh, Mike coming through with uh, samosas tonight as well. Yeah. You didn't show up empty-handed. No, so no. Already the, a, th- a thumbs up as a guest co-host. <laughs> That's how you get welcome back. You need showing up with right? food. I didn't see Edge offering any food tonight when he uh, came down. So we are going to get into everything uh, that went down. A very newsworthy edition of the Royal Rumble. Lots to talk about. Uh, a bit of a clearer picture, I would say, looking towards WrestleMania and all the decisions that they made tonight. Uh, we're going to run through the entire card, and then we're going to be opening up the phone lines to you at 732-800-4423, or you can Skype searching for post-wrestling. Don't call us now because we're going to spend a bit of time running through the card, but then we will open up the gauntlet, taking your phone calls, and also get to the feedback on the forum uh, where you can leave your feedback. But thanks to everybody that is tuning in live tonight, right after the Rumble. We go live after every WWE pay-per-view for Double Double, Ice Cap, and Espresso Patrons. And I guess, way that means that we'll be doing one of these shows on a Thursday afternoon next month. I guess so. I guess so. Because we have another Thursday afternoon show in Saudi Arabia, the day before SmackDown. Yeah, I can't wait. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? What could go wrong, right? (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, let's dive right into the Royal Rumble. Um, We're going to go in order here, but I think obviously the the major story was the return of Edge. I can't say this was out of left field. We certainly discussed it uh, quite a bit this past week, but just in terms of how it came off, Mike, uh, A, was that the biggest thing on the show? And how would you grade the return of Edge after nine years uh, coming up on? Uh, I think I like, he looked great. I thought it was a done as a big deal. It looked important and, you know, maybe he's got one more match in him. I think he definitely does. I think he's coming back for a reason. And I think you could certainly expect that uh, way. How about you in terms of the, uh, reaction that he got and what this kind of sets the seeds for as well, moving forward. It was one of those reactions where I think you, a lot of people knew coming, but we weren't exactly sure. You know, sometimes rumors are just that, uh, as, as you know, heavily hyped and talked about as, as they were. So the moment it, it became real and you heard that music and you saw that dude walk out there in full wrestling gear, I, I felt it was a little surreal. And, and seeing the look on his face, you could clearly tell he was very emotional. You know, yeah. knowing knowing how much he he loved professional wrestling, and I think how much he soaked in. He talked about like soaking in the last moment that he had at WrestleMania, 
seeing him get to relive it again, like he's somebody who's always been so honest about just loving that initial feeling of that initial pop. And it felt like he was trying to soak it in as much uh, this time as he was his last time. Yeah, he looked pretty overwhelmed, but kept it together on his way to the ring. Maybe regretting doing any Pearl Jam podcasts like in the recent <laughs> weeks where he had to really go out of his way. To I really don't this. fault guys at all for like misdirecting them. You know? No, what are you going to say? End, look at the end result here. Did, did yeah. any of you hear the actual interview that no, he did? I did not know. Because I only read the, um, the, the line about it. Yeah. I'm just curious if... Did the question come up or did he organically? Because I can't imagine on that kind of a podcast that they're really digging for, hey, are you coming back? But maybe they did. I no, didn't I hear think it. It was, so it was kind of did. out there that there was a good chance that he was coming back at some point, right? I mean, this, the, the spot at SummerSlam this year in Toronto, right, would kind of set the table for that. I, I think if you look at everything, it added up that I think you could really see, you know, the potential for this, that it was um, – yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. I'm curious to know, like, in terms of, I guess, physically, like, what exactly did he need to do to get his body back? Well, I'm sure there's a really interesting story about, you know, this guy had to retire due to cervical spinal stenosis. Yeah. Right. What what has changed over that time that has given the WWE medical staff the leniency to believe that this guy can do physicality and, yeah. and do another match. So that's, yeah, something interesting to to find out about and what has the shift been that has given them that that ability after you know what was daniel daniel bryan and him were not the exact same thing but we are talking about next is there mm -hmm. something that they feel more more comfortable i guess in, in in clearances or not so in terms of you know what you see next for him what would be the ideal scenario did you take anything away from this rumble match that sets up wrestlemania because you know he does seem poised for a run here for wrestlemania yeah i think you're right that something should be done for wrestlemania and hopefully not for uh the show in february the super show super showdown down yep. on We're a thursday afternoon so sad uh unless he's getting a big paid cut and then you know or payday and good for him right if that's the case they'll want him on the show i'm sure i would think so yeah. right and i think the thing with the thought of him coming back and sort of the rumors it gave fans something hopefully to look forward to right for a rumble that we didn't really know where things were going to go there were some ideas there wasn't sort of a straight line that everyone could kind of agree on the idea that edge might be back was something that i think a lot of people were hoping for yeah and i, I think coming out like that's going to be the big story and i wouldn't be surprised if he kicks off raw on monday night like that's the yeah. big story coming out of the rumble and that would be i think the thing you want to see the follow-up on on raw tomorrow night I'd, I'd be shocked if he's not on the show tomorrow night and we get the the next chapter of this whole return but let's go back to the beginning of the show from minute Maid park in houston texas our second year in a row in a baseball stadium uh do you like the stadium look for for the rumble and kind of just the the aesthetics of this particular look for the rumble i was thinking about that today because you don't have the usual kind of set design that we've been so accustomed to for the last couple of years of just the big stage with the kind of bland uh screen nothing kind of special but this you know there's a little bit of a different pathway for the entrance to enter the ring there's a different look it's more of um in the round i think than some of their other uh arenas that they would run in i like it you it's can do a, a falls count anywhere match that mm -hmm. ends on a dugout <laughs> i mean lots of lots of different options i kind of like that so no it's you know it, it gives certainly a, a big feel and the rumble is big enough that you can sell that amount of tickets beyond yeah. just running a eighteen thousand seat uh 
NBA sized arena. To me, like you know, a show like this almost has a bit more of like an old school feel without like the big grand stage. You know, you're right. It, it feels more like it's it's a show that was more bare bones and just kind of. You know, um, the atmosphere created with just the look of, of people sitting in the stands. Plus, it makes it a little more unique to that particular building as well, yeah. right? Instead of just the generic, here's our setup. Um, I'd also be remiss not to bring up the uh, the news about uh, Kobe Bryant and the others that uh, died on that helicopter crash mm-hmm. this morning. Because this story was, I, I was really thinking, like, during this era of Twitter... This is among the biggest stories I have ever seen of just the, you know, the sheer volume of coverage and reaction. And at the beginning here, like it just, they ended up uh, at some point during the show, they, they did acknowledge it. There was a graphic for him as well, but this was just such an enormous story today that when the show was starting, like that certainly to me was overshadowing everything today, like regardless of sports entertainment, this thing was just, uh, just a massive, massive story. And obviously a very tragic one as well. Uh, we can get into the kickoff here, and it started with Jonathan Coachman, Charlie Caruso, David Otunga, and Christian on the panel, and then we had Renee Young, Sam Roberts, and Booker T. And this pre-show, we had like a one-hour pre-show spread over two hours. We had two matches, and this was, man, just a lot of time. It felt like this was a record of the panel just talking and talking and talking to the point that like. Christian was kind of getting like caught up and like blanking on stuff. There seemed to be like some awkward parts where it just seemed like they were just on autopilot just to continue talking WWE speak, previewing these matches. And this was, this is a lengthy kickoff mat uh, show of two hours. If you think about it though, they had the opportunity to talk to like, let's say 40 different people about why they're in the rumble and what it could do. And how many people came out there and actually said, I'm going to the rumble and I'm going to made event WrestleMania. I think we got Kofi. Yeah. And that might have been the only interview on the pre-show right? about it's anyone ridiculous. in the Rumble. Like, Charlotte. Charlotte they did. They did Kofi. And there was an interview with Bailey, I think, yeah. during the whole kickoff. I think those were your interviews. But, yeah. I mean, I understand. It's it's part of the just amount of minutes that are watched. And people are going to watch these two hours. But, man, this is just I, – I just look at the mentality of this two-hour pre-show that's going to – it, people that are on the fence that okay i'm gonna get the this rumble i'm exhausted by these two hours it's like oh man i'm not i'm not sitting back for another five after this on top of it but this this one i usually am just fine with the kickoff regardless but it was this one just felt really really long i i feel like the kickoff for a while now especially these two hour ones hour ones have just been things that you just they expect you to just leave on in the background you know, there's yeah. things that that just if you're having a party, having people making over, or something, yeah. yeah, making dinner, like you put the thing on, it, maybe get caught up on storylines or just yeah. have it on the background just to set the tone, set the mood. You're you're absolutely correct. I think that's yeah. I think that's that's usually how it is. I think that was the mentality for the people in the stadium <laughs> that these matches are going on in the background, but we're chatting with other fans. Yeah. We're going to get food, and we might pay attention to some matches. So. It kind of felt that way for many of the matches, not just the ones on the kickoff. There was several. There were ups and downs with this crowd naturally when you get a show of this length in a in a stadium setting uh at five o'clock when this thing started if you were going to tell me there were a hundred people in this stadium i i believe you there this thing was empty at five o'clock as they had just probably just opened the doors and that's three o'clock houston time right yeah they're what two behind so um Seamus and Shorty G didn't get into the ring until 5 45 which it, it certainly filled out a bit more at this point but this was a crowd that they 
they were not reacting till the show started proper uh, at seven. This was, I, I actually thought Sheamus and Shorty G, they had a, a fine match together. You had, to me, a little bit more thought than a usual kickoff match, especially with Gable. He was doing the uh, the Marco Huas stomping of the feet on onto Sheamus. Mm-hmm. And then we saw him in the corner start stomping down on the ankle to weaken Sheamus's ankle, which was kind of funny because he's clearly setting up for the ankle lock. And Graves is explaining, well, that's his brogue kick foot. And then the finish was him hitting the brogue kick with the right foot <laughs> with no problem. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much just Gable putting up um, a spirited fight and Sheamus ending up kicking out of a crucifix and winning with the brogue kick in 12 minutes and 38 seconds. I thought the, ma- that the match was fine for a TV match. Crowd wasn't into this much, and it was sort of just there on the kickoff. Your <laughs> thoughts, Mike? Yep. I mean, I was still driving down to your place at this point. Um why why do you have these guys out here like honestly at this point how many times for for Sheamus's debut in ring match i i found it a little peculiar that you yeah. put it on you know put it uh, pretty like i think a, a a space of time that you're conditioning the audience to not really pay that much attention to nonetheless i i, I feel like this is a feud that will continue you know, I think Seamus and Shorty G, it's like the same story that you tell with all your Shorty G feuds where he loses basically every single time. And then maybe like the last match of a five match series, you throw him a bone and maybe he gets a, a sneak, sneak pinfall. Oh, God. So are we going to have the two eventually come together and find their common bond and yeah. become a team together? Maybe it'll be a tag team. They'll be oh, yes. Arnold and DeVito together. <laughs> Rise over size. Yeah. Andrade and Umberto Carrillo, these two poor guys for the United States. I guess Andrade probably killed himself in that ladder match on Monday. So at least, I mean, as soon as this guy saw the lineup and where he was slotted, he's like, all right, all right, you you want me to do the, the kickoff match? I'll give you the kickoff match. Um, notable here that uh, Tom Phillips uh, was on commentary all night with uh, Jerry Lawler for this match. Mm. And then um, I know that the, the WrestleVotes uh, Twitter account is reporting that Tom Phillips is replacing Vic Joseph. So really? um, I haven't confirmed that, but that was what WrestleVotes is reporting. So hmm. um, yeah, it could be uh, a case of Tom Phillips uh, replacing hmm. Vic Joseph, which, you know, I, I thought Vic Joseph, I, I, I didn't think he was overwhelming in the role, but I hardly thought he was a negative either. He was just sort of a voice. I would say Rob, the two but, are, are pretty interchangeable, but you know, who knows behind the scenes what, what little preferences they might have. So Andrade beat down Umberto Carrillo for a long time here. And this was another match that really suffered from the lack of crowd interaction. Andrade went for the three amigos and Carrillo stopped them on the final one. Andrade hit the running knees. And then they had a series of strikes with each uh, missing. Uh, Carrillo ducked a spinning elbow and Andrade a spin kick. They go on top. Carrillo hit a super Hurricane Rana. This got a response from the crowd. And then Carrillo used a Hurricane Rana into a roll-up. And it was just reversed by Andrade. He caught Carrillo and won the match. 14 minutes and 16 seconds. So Andrade retains the U.S. title. No interference or controversy here. I was kind of surprised that they rushed Carrillo back from that big injury to do this match on a couple days' notice and lost clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what's ha- supposed to happen here. I don't know if this is the beginning of another feud between these two or if it's just a bit of a stopgap before we get another continuation of the Ray program. Um, nonetheless, if you're just watching this to enjoy a pro wrestling match, I thought this was really good. Very graceful, lucha, high-flying, and um, a good showcase for for the both of them. But we're kind of at a point now where 
don't really need a showcase match on in the body of like a five-hour show no not kind of buried in a pre-show right and and john's right like this the way that this match ends this should be it right yeah, like this was a pretty big injury angle they did with Carrillo and yeah. his comeback on Monday. It just seemed like this was very much rushed. And if it was just for a kickoff, I would have waited to bring Carrillo back tomorrow night and build him up to something bigger and just you know throw anybody in there with Andrade if this was going to be his position on the show, which anyone could have been in this challenger role. So they this finished at around 6.30. So that meant a half hour, dude, of more talking and talking. Yeah. And talking. So we were all talked out by the end of this uh, two-hour uh, panel show. And we go into the Rumble itself. And we kick things off with a Falls Count Anywhere match between Roman Reigns and King Corbin. And it begins with Corbin being brought out on the sedan. And Reigns goes after attacking all of the guys carrying him. Which was a very long walk for these guys to carry Corbin out It looked for. like a struggle. So this was kind of just every brawl you've seen. Uh as they're just going around ringside and then they go into the crowd and they start to utilize the stadium. And part of me was thinking like, it's cool that you're in this stadium to do this kind of a match. But if you're there live, you do have the screens to watch this on, but it is a tough match to watch, especially when you're kicking off the show with this and you're just trying to follow along to see where these guys are fighting to. They get to the international broadcasters area and they go through several of the tables, and this is when Rude and Ziggler show up. The Usos then appear to even the odds, and that built up to Jimmy Uso hitting this huge dive off of one of the risers onto everybody. This is when the crowd really turned up and got into this, and we saw a lineup of porta-potties, and Roman Reigns channeled his 1999 Randy Savage for the match with Dennis Rodman at Road Wild, <laughs> stuffed Corbin in a porta-potty, and tipped it over. Has anyone ever used a porta potty at a wrestling show, like in a stadium wrestling show? In a stadium, um, you know, the last time they used it is when Owens came out of it with all that blue gunk all but over. But that him. wasn't for the fans. You mean, you mean like somebody using it for its proper purpose? Yes. Oh, like, I like, see. What you mean. Like, why I mean, were there porta washrooms in the yeah. the concourse? Right? Is why this stadium you... that big that you you have to have porta potties in the field. I would imagine it is a bit of a pain to go from the field to the through the stands into the concourse, right? But still, I can't Maybe imagine. you could call the number that was on all the porta potties, 1-800 toilets. <laughs> and the other thing, why has anybody used a porta potty with wheels on it? No, that was a bad idea. That's why would you ever do that? But a, why a, that 40, makes a lot of sense. People. Why wouldn't you have wheels on a porta potty though? Like <clears throat> to get those things around? You use okay. a forklift. Yeah, well, a forklift. Not everyone's got a forklift license. I Everyone, th I think, at a stadium, there's somebody with a forklift. I'm license. just saying, for practicality reasons. <laughs> I mean, to get the, it around on puts wheels, it, I could move like that around. Casters on, wheels. on the bottom. But imagine like stand, just standing in it. No, it could be rolling around all the time. <laughs> Right? You can what go if you get in there, someone's rolling. pushing yeah, can, it around. You get like, a ride, yeah. You're like, get, get a ride, ride back to your seat. <laughs> They'll wheel the porta potty all around the arena so uh, everybody gets to go. Listen, I'm I'm just glad that there was no uh, feces involved here yeah. because you could just, this is such a Vince McMahon. Like just, well, it was still, oh, it was still yeah. early in the show. So, well, but yeah. why why do this though? Like, if you t if you put the person in it, you tip it over, and there's no humorous payoff, what's the point? Yeah, it was kind of just there. The porta potty spot. Uh, I didn't give it too much dissection in my in my head. It got a reaction. Actually, it got a chant of "Holy shit!" Yes, you're right. Which was an appropriate chant for this particular spot. From there, they fought their way 
to the dugout. They got on top of the dugout and Reigns hit a Superman punch and then ran across the dugout with a spear and won the match. I'll say that visual looked really cool and the place went nuts for the finish. So it built up and I would say the final five minutes, they got the crowd. 21 minutes and 18 seconds. I I would say the first half was take it or leave it, but the, the final five or so, they... They achieved their objective of the match. The crowd was super into it. Um, being at the Astros home park, I would have liked to seen a garbage can involved maybe or a buzzer going off for all you baseball fans out there. Or maybe we could have learned that there was a hidden camera and Paul Heyman <laughs> knew all the numbers that had been drawn ahead of time and Lesnar was aware of who was coming. I wonder if the Astros did. had said, listen, this is kind of off limits, guys. I would say <laughs> that that's probably a great assumption is that they were not going to... That's such an easy joke to make on a five-hour broadcast. Even if somebody came it's out... such like a big story, but they are kind the of in business can. with this, this, uh, this stadium that they're not going to take a cheap shot at them, even though easy to make one especially sure. on a royal rumble where there is plenty of like technological jokes you could yep. you could make on this but anyway wait your thoughts on the false count anywhere i thought it was a fun match you know these types of like false count anywhere matches have sort of been a hallmark of roman reigns and i think he does them really well yeah they 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 script them really well for him and he executes them really well and they're just consistently entertaining because they're they're always moving from one spot to another uh and they had plenty planned here between like the porta parties between the usos between all the various table breaks to to that final wonderful visual of like roman doing the spear off of the dugout and then that big wide crowd shot in the background i thought like that was like a highlight reel for kind sure. of clip to take yeah. up the dugout i was surprised because i thought on this show we're either getting Corbin underhandedly beats him in the Falls County Anywhere match, or he comes up from behind and somehow eliminates Roman Reigns. We didn't get either. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that suggest that this program is put out the pasture after several months? We still haven't had the dog food. Well, that's I, it wouldn't off? surprise me if they still get to there. And you've, you you've got two pay-per-views before WrestleMania. And when we, we'll get to this, at the end of the Rumble... That was very telling about the top guys on SmackDown. It's Roman Reigns. He <laughs> doesn't it. have a laundry list of guys to work with. Yeah, and therefore, C- Corbin is not someone you can just necessarily discard when you've got two pay-per-views before WrestleMania to keep Roman busy. Well, I mean, the other match was Fiend versus Brian, which are two of your top SmackDown guys. Right. Kofi, yes. they did nothing with. They don't even see him as a top guy. No. Evidently right now. Uh, Braun was was kind of taken up, but yeah, like definitely. And those are all, with the exception of the Fiend, which is not going to be a transition for Reigns. It's baby faces that Reigns. You can't really move him to a Brian yeah. or a, or True. Braun Strowman. Yeah, unless program. you're going to do like an elimination chamber again, right? Yeah. Well, one of those you would think, based on tonight's finish, is that there's an elimination chamber for the SmackDown yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. Reigns would be the natural to be in there and featured. So maybe, maybe that's where you throw Edge in SmackDown. Oh, on SmackDown. It's it's one potential. Raw is already so stacked. That's true. I mean, comparatively. After the match, um, we had Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe backstage. They're just talking pretty much the same promo they've done. uh, With Owens adding that he's had a lot of luck here in Houston. It's where he won his first IC title, and it's where he won the Universal title. Uh, I don't know if he would be adding January 26, 2020 to that list of accomplishments tonight. Probably not. No. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose were interviewed with Sonya saying that no matter what, she would not double cross and eliminate her partner, Mandy Rose. And then they left the shot isolated on Mandy Rose, who had a look of not feeling the exact same way towards Sonya Deville. So maybe teasing something there. Uh, this is when they, they mentioned uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, his, his daughter and the others involved in the, uh, the helicopter crash and uh, put up a graphic on the screen. 
So we went to the Women's Royal Rumble match early. This was the second match on the main show. And we'll kind of just go through and guys just interrupt if there's any highlights you want to uh, pick out. But this was the Rumble that I think everyone expected where you could fill up on surprises, on NXT talent, because we had six official announcements going into this. Um, kicking things off was Alexa Bliss and one of the stories of the match, Bianca Belair, who mm-hmm. came out and the instant reaction is... You know, she's got the title match coming up at TakeOver. Is this is this necessary? It absolutely was. And Bianca Belair, you could argue, got the most out of anyone in yeah. terms of, like, where they were at the beginning of this match versus where, what they got out of it by the end. Uh, Bianca Belair got a ton of eliminations. She was in there how long? 30? 33. 33 minutes. 33 something, yeah. She was one of the stars of this mm-hmm. the whole thing. I thought this they did a great job with Bianca Belair. One of the really fun things about NXT's integration into sort of the, uh, as a bona fide third brand is, you know, between this and Survivor Series and also SmackDown, seeing seeing like new stars actually get made. You know, and I think for all the value that somebody like a Keith League or a Shayna Baszler might have had out, coming out of Survivor Series that entire run, Bianca Belair was that person on this show. For sure. So they were followed. Well, we'll just go in order here. Mighty Molly was in third. Not as Molly Holly, but as Mighty Molly. It really does tell you maybe like, you know, you mentioned, oh, what surprises are we going to get? I don't know who is left out there. They've that... run the we're, We got a lot of repeats in here. Yeah. Just people that have shown up in the past to the point where like you have to reuse molly holly but except you you, you're 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 reaching because you don't want to reuse molly holly so you bring back mighty molly like who remembers mighty molly Uh, well she got a she got a reaction coming out so they know who she she, who she was uh nikki cross was in she cleaned house and then hugged alexa bliss uh but belair hit the kod on cross on top of bliss and so the ring's starting to fill up. Lana was in fifth, cut a promo on everybody. She's going to win the match for Bobby Lashley. This led to a Rusev Day chant. Mercedes Martinez was in sixth, followed by Liv Morgan. And Morgan knocked Lana off the apron. That was our first elimination. And then Lana returned, yanking Morgan off the turnbuckle to eliminate her and uh, take care of those two. Mandy Rose was eighth, followed by Candice LeRae, who was back. Uh, this is when Molly Holly gets tossed out by Bel Air. And then we got one of, I thought, the most clever near elimination spot. And that's when Mandy gets thrown over the top and Otis has appeared out of nowhere, lying on the ground. And Rose lands face first on top of Otis and doesn't touch the floor. So he's this cushion as she stands on top of Otis and gets back into the ring. This was really clever. It was well done. And I wonder, like, did they actually, did she actually land on him or did they have to, like... You know, fake it after the fact. No, it looked like she landed like did right you, on top of it. Did, did yeah. you actually see it? Because I only saw the camera cut out. No, you see the camera cut for sure. But I think because it's right in front of the the crowd of the hard cam, I think they would have been burying it. Okay. Then, right? uh, it, it's one you can't give too much thought into about how Otis knew to roll out at that exact moment that Mandy was going to get thrown off. He's but maybe he was sign- had someone stealing signs and was giving <laughs> there him information. You got the maybe, buzz. maybe he had an earpiece. <laughs> Sonia Deville was in, and together Rose and Deville eliminated Mercedes Martinez. Kyrie Sane and Mia Yim came in, and uh, this just featured uh, Rose getting knocked off the apron with Otis then catching her, but then Belair nailed Sonia, and Sonia fell on top of both Otis and Mandy, knocking both of them down, so Fire and Desire was out. Teasing some dissension between the two of them with Mandy possibly yes. leading more towards Otis. It was like Mandy Sonya. was saved by Otis, and then yeah. Sonia screwed it up for mm-hmm. them. 
Dana Brooke was in 13th, and by this point, Belair got her fifth elimination by sending Candice LeRae out, and they noted that this was this tied the women's Royal Rumble record, and she would have more to come. Bliss eliminated Kyrie Sane. Tamina was in. Yep. For like 45 seconds. Yep. She attacked with a bunch of super kicks, and then Belair tossed her out, so she has the record now for a women's Rumble with six eliminations. Dakota Kai was in 15th, followed by Chelsea Green, who I believe had the quickest because she was in and out in 10 seconds when Alexa Bliss tossed her out. With the debut of Robert Stone. Yep, yep. They were there at Worlds Collide and then featured here tonight. So Mm -hmm. Um, Belair then sent Brooke off the apron. That was her seventh elimination. So Belair and Bliss are alone together. And these are the two that um, Bliss was number one and Belair number two. And here they are having fought everybody uh, and eliminated them. 17th is Charlotte Flair. And then 18th, big reaction for the return of Naomi, who came out and, yeah, got... Among the bigger reactions of the females in this match. New hairstyle. Yeah, looked yeah. awesome. Giant afro. Uh, and this was almost like a pairing of their three top athletes in the ring at the same time between Naomi, Charlotte, and Belair. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a cool mix with those three. Beth Phoenix was in 19th. And she, we got to see her alter ego. Like they moved Molly Holly to Mighty Molly. And Beth turned into Kiro Hokuto by the end of this <laughs> from Dream Slam. Yes. Because I I don't know where the spot was, but Beth ended up getting busted open somewhere on her head. And the amount of blood was just, like, covering the Mm -hmm. back of, like, her blonde hair had completely turned red. Mm -hmm. And she went probably 20 minutes of just... All this blood and... She had to stick around for the finish. They clearly had to have thought like she was okay to continue because she was in there a long time and would be there until the final four. Um, Tony Storm was 20th and then 21st, Kelly Kelly is back. She comes in and she delivered a head scissors and a stink face Mm. uh, to Storm. Just prior to this was where Charlotte eliminated Bianca Belair with a big boot. That's right. Uh, 33 minutes and 21 seconds, Bianca Belair lasts, and, you know, a fantastic showing. She got a ton out of this. Teasing also, I think, Charlotte versus Belair potentially in the future. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, some interesting ways you can go about this, and I think this really builds up Belair for that match with Rhea Ripley. She comes out of this a much stronger challenger. they didn't mention it at all. Yeah, exactly. Did they mention it at the beginning? I don't feel like they touched on it at all, even though that pay-per-view is coming up in three weeks or whatever it is, right? In a way, I think NXT still kind of exists in its own little pocket. You know, if you know, you know. If if you're a Raw and SmackDown viewer, it's like they almost kind of bear Yeah, but I think people who... Well, I'm saying they should. They should definitely push it for sure, without a doubt. I I would say, with the exception of Bianca Belair, that between the two Rumbles, I would say NXT came. They felt very inferior. And Keith, I I think Keith got something, but to me, he wasn't like the monster he was at the Survivor Series. Uh, To me, it was. It still felt like the third brain. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about like Matt Riddle, total afterthought. I mean, there was, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them in here that just felt like they were they were there to be extras in the match and fill them out. Sarah Logan was uh, 22nd here. Uh, Phoenix tried to eliminate Flair and loosen the grip, but Flair survived that. Um, This is where Logan then gets dropped by Flair and Kelly tries to dump out Charlotte Flair unsuccessfully. And Flair just nails a forearm, calling Kelly Kelly a bitch. And sending her out to the floor as well. And this is where it was hard to tell because 
Flair had like some blood around her nose and it was hard to tell if it was hers or just this was extra DNA from Beth Phoenix because there was just so much of it that it could have been either. But um, they were calling attention to that as well. So then we had Natalia, Zia Lee, Zelina Vega and Shotzi Blackheart come in and we got Naomi's spot where she got thrown down the steps and then she leaps off the steps onto the barricade, holds on, climbs on top of the barricade, and then shimmies across, jumps onto the Spanish announcer's desk, and just hangs out on this desk for about 10 minutes. And eventually she would return by using the panel to walk across to the steps and re-enter the match. Yeah. Um, cool. Like, really cool. The you wall know, part was cool. Very impressive. I, I think I was a little like um maybe um thrown off by by her just standing on the table a little long and, and forgotten I, about her right? and i feel like the the director might have been as well because they kept trying to cut back and forth expecting her her to do something but then the next person would ca- come down the ramp and they would have to focus it, it, the batting bell around back and stayed forth there till the end like if no one's <laughs> noticing me yeah why just wait it came across uh, like not as fluid and not as perfect as maybe some of her own personal previous um near eliminations nor Kofi Kingston's I think we're also at the point now where it's we've seen so many Mm. there's only so much you can do like what they can do in this confined space that like if I'm Kofi at this point it's almost like I can't top what I've already done so why even try I like to think that's what he did this year well they didn't didn't even even tease it at all this year so um yeah we'll see what they continue in the past but it's almost like you're trying to get almost too clever at this point, And I, I don't know how much it's going to hit because, you know, you've, you've had some really cool stuff in the past and I, I don't know how much you can top it at this point. Um, so Shotzi was in Carmella is then in at 27th. And then that was followed by Tegan Knox. Dakota Kai had already been eliminated. Number 29, Santina Morella. I don't know how tonally this one really fit in this modern women's division that we went to the, to to the like, the Santina Morella character, I saw a lot of people very negative on this. Yeah, um, I don't think the comedy of this really worked. I I thought it was all this was built up for. He enters the ring and there he is reunited with Beth, and he teases going for the Cobra, where Beth and Natalia are on opposite sides. He looks at both of them, gives himself the Cobra, and falls and eliminates himself. It was like this. This was the payoff to this. In, I mean, I I guess this was where we had our idea. I don't know. This really. I think it was just me. a bit of nostalgic comedy, you know, seeing that you had Beth have such a large role here, and I guess you had. And in the city where he did do the the battle royal that he won, that, uh, that WrestleMania, that. Okay. they brought that up in Houston. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I, it's unexpected. Oh, yeah, you have you know the the whole. Uh, you have a man in the women's rumble type of thing. I I think they they were just looking to do this for comedy, but yeah, a lot of people didn't like it. Thirtieth was Shayna Baszler, and Baszler comes in and just cleans house. She eliminates Zaylee, Tegan Knox, Zelina Vega. Then I I really like this. Shayna is dumping out Zelina, and Shotzi Blackheart comes from behind, and they try to redo the the women's battle royal spot from a few weeks ago, but this time, Baszler is ready, reverses, and she eliminates Blackheart. I thought that was great. And then Baszler eliminated Carmella, followed by Tony Storm, so just running the table here with everybody. Um, 
This is the amount of time Naomi's been out when she finally re-enters, and Baszler tosses out Naomi, so immediately she's got seven eliminations, and we're down to Baszler, Charlotte Flair, Beth Phoenix, and Natalia. Uh, Phoenix and Natalia hit the heart attack, and then Phoenix turns on Natalia and eliminates her. I like the heart attack. That was so, a good spot. It was a good spot, and then, yeah, Phoenix eliminates Natalia. So Baszler then tosses out Beth, who thankfully can go get her head taken care of and it's down to flair and Shayna. Shayna throws charlotte over but she holds on and then baszler walks towards her gets head scissored over the top baszler lands on the floor and charlotte wins the match at 54 minutes and 17 seconds afterwards cuts a promo in the ring and says this is her division but how did you think the royal rumble uh was presented and came on came across it was a lot of fun through most of the match uh i felt the finish was not what people were expecting and therefore I think they were a little disappointed that Charlotte's kind of got a big spot again. It says someone new. Uh, I thought it was a decently engaging Royal Rumble through, uh, throughout, um, you know, creative spots. And I, in particular, I, I, I really enjoyed what they did with Bianca Belair. Um, I feel like Naomi's re-debut was meant pretty well. Um, Beth Phoenix, I thought, looked really good. Shayna's many eliminations at the end, I thought, stood out as well. I also enjoyed the Otis-Mandy uh, Rose interaction that you had. Um, it was entertaining. I wouldn't necessarily call it... I didn't, I didn't even think it was... It was better than the first year. I'm trying to think back to last year. I feel like last year's might have been a bit more maybe See, I like the first year's and not as much the, the second year. Um, this one, to me, it's like you can't... You can't present this one differently than the men's, but 30 spots to me feels like a lot. Like we really had to just find a lot of bodies to fill up these spots. Like when you're going to Zelina Vega, for instance, when it's just to me, this was a longer match than it needed to be. There were it was good in pockets, but as a whole, I, I didn't think it was great. Um, and, and personally, I think for where you're going, I, I thought that this was this was the match for Shayna to win. I think that it would have done a lot for her, and I, I honestly believe it came down to their belief that it was too telegraphed that Shayna was winning, and they went with Charlotte in, instead. And I think Shayna, it would have done so much more for her to make that uh, that huge impact and and win the match. Totally agree. What are your thoughts now that this is the third year of this experiment? Two Royal Rumbles on one show. We were talking about this earlier tonight. Um, you know, it's something you've you've introduced. It's not like you can go back and walk this one back. But I, the only I, way you can walk it back is if you take the men's away, or you, or you separate these into like different parts of the year, potentially. That's, which I don't think they're going to do. No, because it's supposed to be about getting that shot at WrestleMania, right? So if you separate them to two different times, then that takes it away, right? If you alternate maybe between Elimination Chamber and Rumble for the men's and women's every year. Um, so that, uh, one, one division gets one and one division gets the other. Maybe that's the way to go. So we don't have two elimination chambers and we don't have two Royal Rumbles on the pay-per-views. I feel like you get a lot of people upset that, you know, you, you're messing with, I think the, the tried and true formula of using the Rumble to set up a WrestleMania challenger for the men's or the women's at this point. Um, for me personally, I don't think two Rumbles on the same show is, is, is an issue. Uh, I actually enjoyed, to me, the highlights of the show were the two Rumbles, yeah. and it was everything else in between that I thought were pretty much like, you know, the lulls of the show. So I, I personally don't think I would change it. 
it, it, it maybe is more of a question about the quality of the two rumbles and making sure that you have, you know, consistent, good storytelling between the two of them. Yeah, I, I think it's just it, it's very hard to structure a show when you have these two 60 minute matches and trying to book a uh, book an entire show around this. I think certainly and maybe that's more an issue of the matches in between or at least the match that followed this that I think certainly suffered from it. But I think once you've sat through one 60-minute match and then you have these in-between matches, knowing you've got another 60-minute match coming up, I think that can be that can be taxing. See, I, w- I, lo- I was looking forward to the next 60-minute matches, you know, so much so that I, I would almost rather... There you, were... you didn't so much care about the matches you were watching in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, it's not something they're going to be changing, but it's... Um, yeah, it's... I thought the rumble it was it was fine, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it, it was great. Um, King Corbin was backstage. He promised to eliminate Roman Reigns in the rumble, and then we have our title matches. Starting off with Bailey Lacey Evans for the SmackDown Women's Title, and there on a school night is Summer, <laughs> the daughter of Lacey Evans, along with Lacey's husband. Did you guys see the commercial that they aired between oh, the Corn Dog? Yeah, the Corn commercial? Dog. One? Nope. Didn't this do. thing was wild. With Vic Joseph, Corey Graves. So, uh, and and summer and Lacey. Good luck Evans. if you can describe this. Uh, so Lacey li- Evans is fighting. What did she fight? Like the she's mascot? fighting the, the hunger monster. <laughs> a hunger monster. Like the, the the physical embodiment of hunger. Okay. And so Lacey Evans, the mother, as uh, she's being portrayed now, has to um, battle this hunger monster by making these corn dogs. Is it like her children's hunger that she has to Summer. Summer is in the commercial. Hunger. Summer's hunger. hunger, yeah. So All then right. she feeds the monster the corn dog and the monster turns back into her her, her cute little daughter. Summer. So it's like those Snickers commercials where if you get hanged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, except okay. it's Lacey Evans. I mean, it's fascinating to me just simply because they're they're really pushing hard. Lacey Evans, obviously, as the 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 mother former marine uh so to the point where they're creating commercials for her and her daughter employing right. her daughter in these acting roles so and her husband was out there tonight too husband was not in the commercial no no, but, no. But he was on the on the show he was on the show yeah, yeah. but they don't barely, they barely he's barely recognized it's just <laughs> like it'd be not too as, awkward to have this daughter on her own the husband's in the crowd. not as camera friendly as this like you know, as the kid as the kid the kid is just like like made for tv so what was Corey Graves and uh, who was the other guy that was with him? Yeah, Vic Joseph Vic are Joseph. calling this like match, it's a match from outside okay. the house. Yeah, it's a really campy commercial, but it, it it does tell you like where where their head is as far as you know. Yeah. Uh, Lacey Evans is and what their plans are for her. You know, certainly it's it, it almost made it very perplexing a bit to see this match of how they went and also doing this match now. Like you could see Lacey Evans like as the big. Uh, like title challenger at WrestleMania, like that's how big they're pushing this woman at the moment. The crowd's not taken to it. Well, this was they were in a very tough spot here, but the match also had its issues. Uh, notable here was Bailey did not come out with Sasha Banks, who also was not in the Royal Rumble, and Sasha has not wrestled since January third. And my understanding is that she's dealing with some kind of an injury, and the fact she wasn't even out with Bailey would give credence to that. So mm. that seems to be uh, whatever's going on with Sasha. So we'll try and get an update on her, but she was not on the show at all. And certainly you would think she would have been prominently featured in the Royal Rumble because they, they desperately needed people and banks. You would have figured would have been someone significantly leaned upon for minutes in that match. So, 
Bailey's knee gives out during an Irish whip. There wasn't a person in the crowd that bought this. Uh, Bailey then just suckered her with a right hand playing possum and the crowd's just down for this. Evans is attacking Bailey's shoulder. Then Evans went for a springboard into the ring and just like it was just super awkward. Whatever happened here. They went to the floor. Evans got sent into the barricade and then regained control. She went for a twisting moonsault and nearly tripped, but was able to uh, get off and didn't have too many issues, but then landed on Bailey, who got her feet up and then just covered Lacey Evans. 926, the match ends out of nowhere and Bailey retains the title. And yeah, I I thought this was pretty rough at points and the crowd just was totally checked out coming out of the Royal Rumble. That's a, terrible slot in the best of times and this just yeah this one didn't work it felt longer than nine minutes and 20 seconds or whatever it was a really flat match and i think coming off of like the importance of something like the royal rumble all these other matches really did not feel um that interesting unfortunately and i i do just start to get the sense that the fans are starting to turn on this like force-fed lacey evans character listening to some other podcasts coming off of like that that promo on Friday, a lot of people had the same thoughts as we did about the insincerity of mm-hmm. like how that came across and just how really how how I don't know how forced it really feels like at this point. So I really think they need to reel it back. Isn't yeah. it both ways that both this feels a little forced? I mean, Bailey has done a, a good job being a heel, I think, but I think everyone wants to see her as a face. No, it almost felt like you know you're watching this match and it's like both both members are unfortunately like cast in the opposite role. Yeah. But yeah, like I. I think Lacey's done a good job with this babyface turn, but it's one that it's like, but when you have the the spotlight of like this is the WWE's big concerted push, the audience is very perceptive to that. Mm-hmm. And once you cross that line, I mean, it's just been shown example after example. Like yeah. that's it's going to bite you in the ass, and there you will get that pushback if fans feel like this is further than will we are willing to support someone. You have to have that that confidence that your audience is going to take to the acts that you're pushing, but they have to feel like they have some kind of uh, control or agency on, on the push as well. And not just being force fed. And I think you're, you're getting very close to that with Lacey Evans at the moment and a performance like this, it's going to result in people, I think being kind of um, indifferent to Lacey Evans. Where, where do you see Lacey being positioned in these next couple of months? Because you can see like she is, the Sasha program still exists. You know, they still have to try to get there. But, I mean, the injury explains why they haven't gotten there yet. Uh, if Sasha remains injured, maybe you you transition her to somebody else, you know? Uh, what other heels are was available? That, was that meaning that this was kind of a rush job to get her to Bailey because they didn't know what else to do with her? Well, this has been built up with Bailey for a while. So I don't think this was um, a reaction to anything. This was always being built up for the show. But you have to wonder, had Sasha been in the Rumble... She, to me, would have been one of the favorites. Like, wouldn't you think that yeah. she, like, that idea of her winning and is she going to face Bailey? Do they flip the title to Lacey? Like, there's different options there. Um, at the very least, I would have seen Sasha in there until the end. And maybe Sasha is figured into this somehow. But beating Lacey like this, it's not as though this comes out of it like you want to see Lacey come back for revenge. Like, there was nothing. She was not wronged here. She was not. She was just beat clean by Bailey in a pretty unimpressive match. So I, I thought her stock kind of was hurt in this. The announcers did like try to put her over at the end, yeah, in defeat though. So, but it was almost like they were um, trying to protect her, but not, but almost at the same time, kind of like moving her aside. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, telling you that she's gonna, you, one day she'll be a future champion. Yeah. Whenever that one day is, yeah. right? Yeah. It's going to be Mandy going for the title, maybe, with Otis. <laughs> At this point? I think yeah. it's more interest, no? I'm, I love the Mandy <laughs> Otis program. I don't know where it's going, but I, I think it's great. Definitely, like, something with Sonya, almost like, maybe, like, a some sort of, I don't know, jealousy angle. Well, Sonya kicked, like, corked her, too, right? In the match. Well, she knocked into her. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, Falls Count Anywhere match for the Universal title. And if there is one headline, it is, I can see clearly now. Thank God (laughs) we did not have the red lighting. Now, I hazard to say definitively that this thing is gone because as we noted when we were watching this, that... You know, these guys were whipping the hell out of each other. And if I were either one of these guys, there is no way I would be wanting to do a strap match and no one can see the welts and the impact of these real straps that I'm taking. So it made no sense to have the red lighting for what they were doing visually in this match. So I'm hoping that that is not the case and the lighting is all of a sudden back because fans are going to hate it that much more if they think it's gone and it comes back. And the fact is, this match to me worked, and the lighting did play a factor in that. And I think, let's just call it a day. The lighting didn't work. Nobody is advocating for it. Let's just call it a failed experiment and move on. I'm good with that. Yeah. So the Fiend is whipping him repeatedly here. Um, Brian fought back, landed a flying knee off of the apron, and then takes him onto the desk, hit him with a DDT, and... I thought they found a really good balance with the Fiend in this match from the the Terminator version that nothing hurt him against Seth Rollins versus this, where he's still a monster. He's still able to come back from a lot, but he can also sell and be vulnerable where you think he can be beat. But I think that's also because you can see a little bit more with the red light gone as well. You know, where you can see a little bit more of his, his reaction, a little bit more of his, like, in his face, how he's carrying himself, even in his eyes, right? With the red light, you can't see any details whatsoever. Without a doubt, though, like, for that, that Seth Rollins match where he just got up, up yes. after every stomp curb stomp, after, that stomp was too much. Stomp. It was just, it was, They've gotten it was away comedic. from that. Yes. So I, th- I think they learned their lesson from that and just realized, like, that's going to do no baby face any good. And, like, look at, look at the, the, the number that did on Seth Rollins ultimately yeah. um, from where he was as almost like this, this Bret Hart babyface champion to like, we have to turn this guy. It wasn't just that. It wasn't just that, yeah. but I do feel it was a contributing factor. Like sure. that program did him no favors. Wyatt went for the mandible claw and Brian on the ropes went for a triangle with the hand in his mouth, which is like, that is, that is black belt level stuff where you have to overcome a mandible claw (laughs) and show your technique. They get into the ring. He isolates the arm of the fiend and transitions to the label lock with the strap wrapped around Bray's face. Looked awesome. The close up of the strap in the fiend mask face was great. I'll tell you what didn't look great at the beginning of this match where the referee, they're doing the big championship and announcement and the referee has to hold up that goddamn custom title yeah. i thought daniel bryan had the stupidest looking title last year 10 times worse really this, i like daniel bryan's uh, old one i got a lot of flack for my <laughs> dislike of that title but what, this, what, do you, what do you think of the fiend belt oh it's awful aren't you a horror it, fan i am a huge horror fan tom but savini, I, it doesn't mean you want to see the two I lo- together i am a huge tom savini fan yeah. i love tom savini uh, when I was a kid, I would watch if I knew he was involved in in a video <laughs> of those days of going to the video store. But this is terrible. You're right. If I ever win the lottery, I'm buying you one. Just no, you're not. I am. Donate I am. it no, to a charity. No, no, I'll do the same thing Six too. Six grand, dude. Six grand. I, we're talking lottery, like big Super Bowl kind of thing. <laughs> 
So just because you hate it so much. Oh God. So he is able to get out of the label lock. He's on top. Then uh, he breaks for uh, Brian breaks free, and then he countered Sister Abigail and hit a flying knee. Wyatt kicks out of that, and then Wyatt rises up. He applies the mandible claw, lifts and slams Brian, and there he gets the fall at 17 minutes and 31 seconds. Kind of um. You weren't expecting the finish to come at that exact moment, but I thought overall, I, I, I like the match a lot for, especially for a fiend match, which have been more missed than hit throughout this, this run. And I think Brian has certainly by leaps and bounds been the most successful babyface uh, with the fiend. And I do feel like this is kind of the end of this program, unless you try to squeeze out another one between these two. And, um, but I don't see that happening in Saudi Arabia because of Daniel Bryan yeah. and, I think you got to get Brian onto whatever you're going for him with WrestleMania. And I have no idea what, what he'll be doing, but I, I, I like this match. I thought it was good. I, I, you know, I still can't really say these matches are great. I found it watchable. Uh, I appreciate that they didn't go overboard with the no selling here. The lack of the red light is a huge plus. Um, I think it fell short for me with the finish coming a little bit out of nowhere. It was abrupt. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think it was certainly an improvement over previous feed matches. I, I've liked this character. I think it's creative. Uh, there's interesting aspects to it as a horror fan for sure. Um, I think Bray's done a pretty good job and, and when things don't work, they, they change it. And there's been a lot of kind of, uh, organic change to this character and what he's brought into. It. It's not the same thing all the time. Right. And even I hate that belt. I don't know why the universal title doesn't come out with him when he's the fiend, but it'll come out with him when he's uh, Bray Wyatt. It but changes. It changes. Yeah. It's like the upside down. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's the actual so. logic behind well, it? Well, something like that. Something like that? So when Bray Wyatt gets beat, does The Fiend remain champion? Does he just disappear? Does that You got to beat him like, in both belts. It's kind of a you got to beat him in both worlds. Good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So that means he's got to lose. Roman would have to beat him in Saudi Arabia and... Uh, to be the universal champion, I think you have to be a parallel universal champion as well. Like uh, a multi- wow, that's multi-universal, multi-universal yeah. champion. Yeah, that's <laughs> way too deep for my understanding. So, uh, do you think that's it for Brian and, and Fiend for now? Uh, I think for now it looked like a pretty clean loss for Brian. What do you do with the Fiend for uh, Greatest Royal Rumble or sorry, Super Showdown? What do you do with them? Um, well, the Miz, the Miz that's is a always good kicking around for another yeah, match. Maybe true. maybe John Morrison will find his way into the, the oh, Fiend's lair. Oh, yeah. there you go. Oh, very deserving after tonight. <laughs> we'll get into John Morrison. What a what a comeback he, he's had. That's pretty bad. I feel he's getting punished now. Like No, I think he was... You he just dared had, leave us and go somewhere else? I feel like they had... We'll talk about the Rumble. Okay, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that. The Fiend just disappeared into thin air, and then Brian was helped to the back and was like collapsing on the outs. They really sold the beating he took yeah, his from, back from the Fiend. Rough. Oh, he's... It, there's going to be a photo of that back tomorrow, and it's going to just look horrific. It's almost like you... Like he wanted that, you know what I mean? Yeah. He wanted that badge of like being able to take that photo the day after with that. Well, ask him on the plane ride home. <laughs> sure. How badly did you want that? That That's going to suck tomorrow. Uh, then they officially announced Super Showdown Thursday, February 27th in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. I thought maybe we would get a tease for something for this for this show, uh, but nothing. So that's mm. that's the next show. We're we're only a couple of weeks away. We're well, we're exactly a month away from that show. So that 
really curious show you know after the last one maybe some at least some 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 maybe uh rumor and innuendo about people saying that they they weren't going to go back to saudi arabia we'll see how much of that comes true we'll uh, and how how receptive the company would be to that as well like they've shown in instances guys that have not wanted to go there in the past have not had to go mm-hmm. and if several don't want to go like how many would they say okay you don't have to go you still have to put on a show the other question is how how will they position smackdown coming off of off of super showdown this it's a great question because you have to put on a full show to me like reigns has to be on one of those big shows but like after that near disaster that they had the last time around like you have to have a contingency in mm-hmm. in place and i would not want i would not be comfortable if i was fox that we're sending all our guys there again and hopefully there's no problems and we have a show on friday night like whether that is you do the all women show on yeah. smackdown um nxt again you you have nxt like you can go to that like ultimately i think you can put on a show and i think that audience is going to be there on friday nights i think they've they've kind of built your your habit of people tuning in on friday nights but nonetheless like we're talking about a 205 million dollar a year deal that fox is paying uh for 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 smackdown for two hours and Mm -hmm. you want your you want the talent it's that deal versus the however many million per two times a year deal that they got yeah, it's just Thursday is not an ideal day for WWE to be doing this show, but that's the predicament they're in, and that's kind of the, the money they're talking about, that they're going to make those things work, or at least have a plan in place. Becky Lynch and Asuka for the Raw women's title. When this match began, man, there was not a peep coming out of this crowd. They really struggled to get this crowd Um I thought I thought the work was was good in the match. They were they were working a fine match, but I mean, just the way you maintained during this match, you're like, I'm still jet lagged. Like I, I don't know if you're you can blame this on jet lag. Like all of Houston is jet lagged. Like this whole crowd, I must have just gotten back from from three weeks in Japan. I was really lacking energy for for most of this match, unfortunately, and I don't know if it was a fault of the actual wrestling itself, but I think maybe more so the placement of the match. Sandwiched between, I think, you know, more important events. I think people just wanted to get to the Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. they were just, um, and this was this was a well built up program, I thought, mm-hmm. but it was just, you know, this was late in the show, and we want to get to the big match that mm-hmm. everyone's here to see. Oscar um, fought back on the edge of the apron, hit Becky with a hip attack, sending her in the post. Then Lynch grabbed hold of Oscar on the middle turnbuckle and drove her into the mat using a urinagi, and Oscar landed a kick. Lynch went down, and the referee was going to stop the match when Lynch grabbed onto his leg, like Dixie Carter grabbing onto Hulk Hogan to stay in TNA. And he relented, and he let the match continue. So maybe uh, Alexander Wolf, this was his ability, this was his way to have stayed in the match. You got to grab onto the referee's leg, just beg them. So he was like, all right, all right, you must be fine. Asuka blasted her with more kicks. Uh, including one to the head for a two count. Becky is sent into the corner and just pulls up instead of running into the referee and then turns around, nails Oscar in the chest, causing Oscar to spit the mist into the air. And then she applies the disarmor. When that disarmor got applied, the crowd just woke up yeah. either because they knew it was over or this was what we wanted to see. And Oscar tapped out big pop for the finish. So if you're going to view this match on the finish, then they got what they wanted, but it was a struggle for 16 minutes and 23 seconds. I think it was just a really flat environment that hampered what was a fine match, 
but it was, yeah, it was just notable by the lack of enthusiasm in this crowd. And totally, that, I mean, that's from our silence right now is the same way, but no, you're right. It was, it was built well, the whole program, I think for the last year, I mean, this is something that they're going to get into is a little bit more like looking back at, at the history of certain performers and, and same with Bray Wyatt and Dana Bryan, uh, bringing back stuff from last year's rumble. Right. And we've had a good two months leading up to this match between the last pay-per-view and this. I think it was also perhaps the fact that I don't know if many people bought that Asuka had a chance at all of, of uh, beating Becky for the belt. Um, so I, I didn't see that much interest in the outcome. And the match itself was good, but I think uh, at this point, I feel like the bar is so high for like wrestling and women's wrestling that I it didn't really kind of reach the quality of, um, I think, some of the best that you've seen present day. So and also the rumble, I think the people rumble, were just looking right? forward to. I mean, don't forget those guys have been in that arena or that uh, stadium for like how many hours at yeah. this point too now, right? Well, I was worried this show might end by 11 p.m. We can't have that happen. So we had the street profits kill some time, and this was their involvement on the pay per view, not the rumble. No, they. Nope. This was just it. I, man, they were beatboxing WWE themes, man. I. I was so high on the Street Profits. I thought, man, what a what a great like gimmick that these guys have. They were really like their promos were really fun. Montez Ford, I still have like really high hopes for Montez Ford, but man, they I don't know. I've just like they're just if I wasn't covering this, this would be like my channel changing segment, like the Street Profits. Like I just don't care when these guys appear, whether it's the weekend update segments or just like the backstage hosts of the show. I don't know. I've just really soured on. I'd love for these these two to to just host a podcast, so I can really see what their true personalities are like outside of like a WWE scripted environment. Seriously, like I just watched that John Morrison Chronicle. Mm -hmm. It's like those are the new, like we when we grew up and we would get like the vignettes of the new character coming, and you get it for weeks and weeks. Like that's what those chronicles are now. It's just you know forty five minutes of why John Morrison is coming back, and here's a guy who. Promos were never this man's forte, but in this, like, you get to really get into his head about what he views about pro wrestling, the differences between his mentality in 2011 versus now, just, you know, you really get an insight for a guy when you're listening to him for 45 minutes and they're following him for all of these weeks. And I watched that this afternoon and then it's like, he's talking about like this return. It's like this major event in his life. And the rumble is this big opportunity for him to showcase that athleticism. There's a lot of pressure on my shoulders. And then we get to the rumble and it's like, wow, it's like, it's demoralizing. If mm-hmm. you're this guy, it, I couldn't imagine. So Booker T came out. He was the guest commentator with Michael Cole and Corey Graves for the men's rumble. And they add that there was a big brawl involving Bobby Lashley and Rusev and both men are out of the rumble. So uh, we learned that uh, physical brawls would remove both men from the rumble, but uh pro wrestling sheet reporting that verbal altercations do both, not. That's okay. Yeah. The, those guys will be okay. Cause apparently Ryan Satin reported that there was some verbal altercation backstage on Sunday between Brock Lesnar and Matt Riddle. Oh, okay. So then that was that. And Riddle was in the rumble, which you we think get Riddle to. called him bro. He called him bro Lesnar. He called him bro. <laughs> 
He was about to pronounce the CK. A and he didn't ver- get there. A verbal altercation. Verbal altercation. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if they caught it on camera, like the previous, like his interaction with Goldberg. I'll tell you. Maybe maybe Riddle's just like lining up his programs. Oh, He's been trying for exactly. years to get like, this I'm one, going, right? I'm going for the money. He's got programs. his next five manias. <laughs> so Brock Lesnar started the Rumble, and number two was Elias, who came out to sing a song called Sacrificial Lamb. And if Elias is going to be in these, like last year, wasn't he number one? I think he was. Someone will definitely correct me. There was a music spot, so it might have been. But for him to do the song, he's pretty much either got to be one or two. It's very hard for him to do the song if if everyone just has to sit, stand there with their thumb up their ass. So he was number two here. He was number one last year. Yeah. So he comes out and he's singing. And it's funny because he is now supposed to be a baby face, but everyone just wants to see Lesnar murder this guy. (laughs) And Lesnar leaps to the floor and nearly eliminated himself uh, because he like tripped over the bottom rope and then just regained his footing and was a goddamn bat out of hell <laughs> running towards Elias killed this dude in the in the aisle and then brought him in and the spot I called to you Mike they did because he hit the German and then he took the fucking guitar and he broke it over Elias it didn't even break though it, it, it was, was like a whack it was a real guitar yeah like it wasn't one of those Jeff Jarrett they were honky tonk man Jake Roberts nope yeah. Legit guitar. So I thought this was a great spot, and Elias got tossed out. Perfect use of Elias. Sure. And then it was the Lesnar show for mm-hmm. pretty much the first half of the Rumble. Eric Rowan was in third, and you're thinking, there's, there's no way he's just running through this guy. Yeah, no. Eight seconds. Eric Rowan is out. Bobby Roode, Battle of Saskatchewan and Peterborough, resulted in a... <laughs> oh, well, and sp- five. First spoiler, five. Saskatchewan. <laughs> where he hit an F5 and dumped out rude. <laughs> Mike's getting up and leaving as I speak. Number five, the returning John Morrison, his first Royal Rumble in nine years. What is the near elimination spot going to be? What's he going to do with Kofi? What is Morrison going to do? He's going to take a belly to belly and be eliminated in less than a minute. It was still pretty amazing, though. That was a pretty amazing suplex. He took a good belly to belly. Oh, a belly to belly overhead over the top rope onto his feet on the floor. It was it was a nice spot. I could have been in the ring for a little bit longer though. I swear the best part of this chronicle. It's it was like a scene out of the office where Morrison is talking about he he's been waiting for the call. When am I going to be on TV? He shows up on the bump and then they call him and they say we need you at TV in Memphis. So he shows up and then they play the scene where Kathy Kelly knocks on the Mrs. door. Morrison opens the door and Kathy just responds, John Morrison. And Morrison just stares into the mic and says, Miz isn't saying anything else tonight and shuts the door. And we cut back to Morrison. Dude, it was, it was so funny. It's like watching Steve Corral, like like talk up some, eh? some big moment. (laughs) Oh my God. It was the funniest thing. In this shit, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check this out because I watched I, a little bit last night. I probably oversold it, but no. Mor- you're, Morrison you're comes off as like it. Morrison comes off as a really interesting guy yeah. in, in this thing. It was kind of just, it's just if you you spend the time to watch this and then you see the payoff here, it's like he's back. He's you know we'll hire this guy back, but I think that there's you can see when guys like they view them at a ceiling and Morrison coming in at the age of 40, he's probably viewed like, yeah, we'll, we'll pair you with the Miz and you can be at a level, but we don't see you as anything serious. At the same time though, I don't know if I would necessarily jump to that much conclusion just based off this, of this one spot. Cause you had half a, a Royal rumble roster here, get the same treatment. 
you know, a guy like Cesaro or a guy like uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura all pretty much were thrown out right right away. They were the pieces to there to tell a bigger story with Brock Lesnar. I just couple it with there's no way that Edge was going to return on the bump or in a backstage segment. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying Morrison is Edge, but he's uh, to me, it's like his return internally. Clearly, they didn't view it as. This big deal. Not at the edge level. No. You know, he's, he's got a spot, but it's it's just a spot. Kofi Kingston was in sixth, and I was just waiting for them to just make <laughs> this crowd livid. Everyone cheered because Kofi at least got some offense in on Lesnar, and he was the first one to last the allotment of time before Rey Mysterio came in. So it was Lesnar against both of them, and he starts suplexing them. Then Big E is in, so it's three on one, and they gang up with a Trouble in Paradise, big ending, and 619 delivered to Lesnar. But then the monster fires up, throws out Mysterio, clotheslines Big E, and then he lifts up Kofi, F5s him to the floor. So... I actually thought it was like a clever way to get even more heat on Brock by <laughs> not just eliminating Kofi, but denying the fans the Kofi spot this yep. year. So sure. I can see a lot of people being upset, though, about this. And I think that these the first half of the Rumble will be debated about how much you sacrificed versus getting Brock over so that you would get that big spot later and put all of it onto one guy at the while these other Pretty much, what, 15 guys had to pretty much build to that spot that Drew would benefit from. Cesaro was in next, out. Shelton Benjamin then came out, and they teased an alliance between the two with their history. <laughs> and Lesnar just turns on Shelton and throws him out and laughs at can, him. Can, I just, can we just stop and, and, and appreciate how how amusing Brock Lesnar is whenever he has to like smile and try to act or dance <laughs> or something? Emoting. Oh, my he God. Can, he's like, amazing. He doesn't have to say a word. And he... <laughs> Is like this guy was built for a generation of memes. Yes, and he added 100%. a one later tonight. <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura is in bringing back nightmares of his uh, of his uh, match with Brock Lesnar back from 2006, uh, which was not very good in New Japan. Uh, Nakamura barely got in any offense, and your Intercontinental Champion just dumped out in a minute. Number twelve was MVP. The highlight of MVP was Lesnar rocking out to his music mm -hmm. in the ring. And this thing will be, this will be the meme that outlasts this Royal Rumble for years to come. <laughs> Brock was loving this tune, which it wouldn't surprise me if he has never heard this tune in his life what, before. Didn't they, weren't they in the company at the same time or no? When was MVP done? I thought I it was like 2011. 2011. They might have just yeah. missed each other when Brock came back. What about the beginning though? Back... MVP didn't come into the company until like oh five. Like Brock was long gone okay. by then, so they may have never been in the company at the exact same time together. So Lesnar eliminates him with the F five, and that's his eleventh elimination. And then number thirteen is Keith Lee, and this place was amped to see Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar and Brock repeatedly saying, "You're a big boy," <laughs> and just uh, impressed with the man's size. And when Lee dropped this guy with a shoulder block, place went nuts. Um, certainly the high point um, for Keith Lee here. And he did get in a bit here. Braun Strowman was in after that. So we had like all the big guys in here. Lesnar hit Germans to both Lee and Strowman. And then Lee and Strowman were fighting against the ropes and Brock dumped them both over the top and out. Did you think overall um, a positive for Keith Lee? What did you think? 
Uh, yeah, no, I think it was. I mean, you're not gonna. He's not gonna win. He's he's on NXT right now. He's got the uh, North American title. Maybe Lesnar's gonna go for the North American title. Maybe. Maybe he's gonna go around and take all the belts. I think visually, it at least sets up in the audience's mind that Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, those two are at least on the same level. Maybe both of them are, are not quite at Brock Lesnar level, but they're just beneath. Number 15 was Ricochet. So they had to pay off the angle that they shot on Monday. And Ricochet goes for a springboard and Lesnar catches him and seemed to stumble when he went for this backbreaker. 16 is Drew McIntyre. And Drew just comes in. He stares down Lesnar and challenges him. Brock takes off his gloves. And from behind, Ricochet hits him with a low blow, setting up Drew to hit the Claymore and eliminate Brock. And this place went insane. They went crazy. Uh, Lesnar ends 26 minutes and 23 seconds in the Rumble with 13 eliminations. And whatever people want to say about what they did here, I thought it was completely worth it for this pop. And they made Drew McIntyre. This was the most significant thing he has done in either WWE run. And like this obviously sets up your mania program of, of Drew and Brock Lesnar. And they went all the way with Drew. He didn't this. even count down before this. No, I thought the first one. No. Three. Two. Imagine the, the, how bigger, how much bigger well, you the pop would have been. Got to save that for me. The, the <laughs> countdown for Brock. Uh, you know, I think I'm of the group that feels like the sacrifices of this first half of the Rumble were all completely worth it, just to put that amount of like uh, great reaction on on Drew Drew McIntyre. I if, thought it was all worth it. If you had done, if you had not done all of that, I don't think like the crowd. You got it to a point where they felt Brock was. Not just eliminating them, but he was ruining their rumble. Yeah. So when Drew, you know, it was like half the rumble was the Brock show to yeah. build up for the most important elimination with the biggest story going into this rumble. And you can say about like sacrificing guys, but it was to make someone. Yeah. Drew McIntyre. And that guy ended up winning the Royal Rumble. So I think. Um, to face Brock Lesnar. It's like straight line to WrestleMania. Yep. There is no complications. You know exactly this what you're getting. This entire match was used to build to that Mania program. So, yeah, this was the the big, big moment. And I think we can mention it here. No Cain Velasquez in this match. And yeah, I would thank say, goodness. knowing the direction that they're going with Drew McIntyre, Cain Velasquez didn't have a role here. Correct. Put him on the Saudi Arabia show for one, one he thing. He may end up on that show. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. So then McIntyre just lifts up Ricochet and just throws him out like yesterday's trash. <laughs> Ricochet, dude. You Ricochet know, they did just... mention that Ricochet had a part, obviously, in the elimination. He delivered the low blow. Yeah. That was somewhat uh, under... I, they did mention it, so I'm sure they'll try to play it up tomorrow. It's, um, I guess it's a He's silver like, I helped too, Ricochet. guys. Yeah. I punched him in the nuts. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have the big stare down at WrestleMania between Drew and Brock, and we're going to cut to uh, Ricochet in the private box and say... I'm partly responsible for this. Yeah. The Miz was in 17th. <laughs> McIntyre eliminated, eliminated him with the Claymore. So Miz and Morrison, did they combine for a minute together? No. Don't know. I think they were out quick. AJ was 18th. Dolph Ziggler, 19th. Carl Anderson, 20th. Uh, so Styles and Anderson are working together against Drew. Then Ziggler joined in, but then they broke down and started fighting. And then number 21 is Edge. And everyone goes nuts. Edge is... Edge looked like he was about to cry mm -hmm. coming out. Like, yeah, you could just see sure. the look on his face. Uh, obviously, awesome. this was a huge, huge deal for him. And he comes in, and this was unbelievable. The first spear he hits since 2011, the camera missed it. <laughs> they had cut away and missed the 
the first spear back, his first spot back, they fucking missed it. So seen one spear, you've seen them all. I guess so. Um, he had a big stare down with AJ Styles. Um, then some people were noting that it looked like AJ might have suffered a shoulder injury. I, oh, really? I, I missed. I missed the spot. The elimination was like it was an awkward elimination. Like it wasn't a it build was super easy. Like almost too easy for AJ. That you, makes you wonder. Yeah, if there was something going on. I just saw some people commenting on that, so I, huh. I don't know a hundred percent. But it seemed like the nature of which he was eliminated. Um, it, maybe there was some kind of an issue there because AJ would have been one that you would have thought would have been more more of a featured elimination. King Corbin is 22nd, and this is when AJ was dumped out by Edge. Matt Riddle is 23rd, and Riddle drilled Edge with a ripcord knee, and that was his involvement before Baron Corbin threw him out. Mm-hmm. So Corbin, between Survivor Series and this, he's just running through these NXT guys. Oh, man, WH is loving it. <laughs> 24, Luke Gallows. Uh, McIntyre tosses Corbin out, so he's gone. 25th is Randy Orton, and Orton comes in, RKO's Gallows and Anderson, and then locks eyes with Edge. And Rated RKO have their reunion together, and both eliminate the OC. Roman Reigns was 26th. He threw out Ziggler. 27, Kevin Owens. 28th is Aleister Black. 29th is Samoa Joe. And then number 30 is Seth Rollins. And Rollins is not alone. He comes out with AOP and Buddy Murphy. And they start attacking Owens and Joe on the floor. They also went after Edge and Orton, temporarily taking them out of the match. And Rollins hit McIntyre with the stomp. He hit Reigns with a stomp. And Black gets thrown out after being tripped from the floor and eliminated by Rollins. So he was kind of... I, I can see Aleister Black kind of getting thrust into that program with uh, aligning with Joe and Owens. Yeah. But I would say Aleister Black in this Rumble, like, you could see, like, it very much felt like the last couple of months, it was, who are we going to go with, Drew? Or are we going to go with Aleister Black? And they chose Drew McIntyre. And in this match, Aleister Black... Didn't really come out with a whole lot. No. And I think his consolation will be he's in this program involving Rollins and company. That's where I would assume he lands. Right. But that doesn't feel like it's just he feels like odd man out to me. So. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Murphy then got on the apron and it was just a bunch of distractions that led to Joe being eliminated. Uh, Owens was also tossed out in all of this. And then Joe and Owens brawled with Murphy and AOP to the back. And Seth Rollins was concerned because now he's been left alone and he gets cornered by McIntyre, Orton, Edge, and Reigns. He tries to make peace with Reigns who just Superman punches him and uh, McIntyre hits the Claymore, eliminates Seth Rollins. Orton then hit McIntyre with the RKO, Edge hit a spear and the two hit a double RKO onto Drew McIntyre and Edge turns around as Orton is setting up to tease attacking him and as Orton turns his back, Edge throws out Randy Orton, and Orton is pissed on the floor. So um, Edge is left with Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Edge and Reigns end up on the edge of the apron, and Edge gets knocked off of the apron by Reigns. The crowd is sad, and then it's left with McIntyre, who is able to... Uh, how is here? They're on the edge, and... McIntyre stops a spear, hits Reigns with the Claymore, and tosses out Roman Reigns at 60 minutes, 8 seconds. I thought a good rumble. I mean, I thought the Brock thing really helped move along the first 15 people that were in this thing. It told a, a story that I think made sense by the end. And then you had the 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 wonderful addition of Edge, that shock and that 
Uh, he looked great in this match. Like the the entire length of this rumble, I thought were very captivating, either for Brock Lesnar and for Edge, or for the very end with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good Raw Rumble. I enjoyed it a lot. I think this was a Rumble that it hasn't been a given, especially over the last couple of years where people leave satisfied with the winner. But it seemed right. like there was a lot of positivity towards Drew McIntyre that I, if you had asked me a week or two ago, I wouldn't say that would be a sure thing that mm-hmm. Drew has kind of come out of nowhere over the last month in terms of being um, someone that's had like some depth to him, someone that's had a whole lot. And I thought Michael Cole did a very good job at the end where he put over the fact here was a guy that was fired by the WWE, worked his way back, he won the Rumble, and now he's going to WrestleMania, and he's got the Brock Lesnar match. So I, I thought Cole did a really good, you know, he Drew McIntyre really needed that to be more than just this this big dude this that guy, like yeah. that's what his his role on the main roster has been. It's just it's been very kind of bland, and now. You, you've got some more substance to him. And I think the fans just really took to a, a, a fresh body winning this Rumble and giving people a surprise, too, because I think most would have expected Roman Reigns to win. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it was different. It wasn't. I mean, we, we haven't seen a Rumble like this before. Right. Mm-hmm. And Hogan's records broke. So it's good. Yes. The, the consecutive <laughs> eliminations has been a. Uh, uh, thrown out but any other directions you see for wrestlemania coming out of this anything tease like we we get drew and brock i think that that seems to be a lock um what is your pairing for for edge i mean for you wrestlemania can, you if if aj is fine you can go that way i think that's a match that people would like to see they tease that um they teased randy a pairing with a rated rko yeah. i think uh, against the oc is very possible for or against each other or against each other, other. yeah um Trying to think what other programs. I mean, so much of this was was geared around Brock Lesnar that they didn't really have that much space to tell other stories. Um, so I'm trying trying to see, like, you know, Owens Joe doing something. Yeah, that Alistair one's kind Black. of. It, there's obviously several programs that can come out of that. It seems like it's this big kind of gang warfare thing where you've yeah. got. Rollins, AOP, and Buddy Murphy against Owens, Joe. I can see Aleister Black being slotted in there, and then maybe one other person as well. But um, I don't know if you imagine oh, uh, Rollins in a an eight man at WrestleMania. It'll be interesting to see if they isolate one for him. No, I mean, he might do a tag title match, right? He could do that. Him and him and Buddy Murphy could take on Owens Joe and, and Owens, Joe, or. Yeah whatever pairing uh, you come out of that. So overall, I thought the men's rumble was, was very strong this year. And I think that, you know, ultimately it was about getting Drew McIntyre over. And I think this was a really solid uh, movement in that direction. And now, you know, setting the seeds for the Brock program and moving forward with that. So who came out the worst from this rumble? Do you think the worst um, who got shortchanged? I think you'd have to Kofi would be in that discussion for yeah. sure. Um, in terms of guys that you would expect to have some importance attached to them. Um, Morrison. I didn't need Matt Riddle in this. No. Like, you could have put anybody in there. Well, I, I feel like they, they specifically chose... They only had two slots for NXT men, right? right? And they chose two of the taller guys in on that roster right. when they could have went with, like, you know, Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa. And I think they just wanted to... They want guys that look like they pair well. Like amongst a, a main roster WWE roster, in there early on. Oh, of course, yeah, that would have uh, had a lot of people 
really happy. But, I think I think people would have been happy for him to get eliminated by Brock really quickly. Uh, but who would have known who Kona Reeves was? I think they just have this belief, though, at, at times that just your mere presence in the Rumble is going to do this immaculate uh, amazement for your career. And to me, it's like if if you're Matt Riddle and you're in there for 30 seconds, it's like no. That's a role that I could accept for like a Damian Priest. It's like, okay, cool. Throw him in there. He gets a knee in on edge and then he's thrown out. But like Matt Riddle, here's your guy that's, you know, he's going into the the Dusty Classic finals this Wednesday. He's he's someone that legitimately could be a top star on any of your brands at one point. It's like if he's going to be in the Rumble, it needs to be for a reason. I didn't see a yeah. reason for yeah. his inclusion. They did that. give him, you know, a run. They gave him like a, a bit of a like a comeback. But it was not met with that big of a reaction. He got some bros here and there, but it's still an audience that I would say isn't that familiar with him. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, I would say, I I wouldn't say he came off bad. He just came across like he didn't really gain much. And that was just Aleister Black. And I think he's just a victim of numbers. They're trying to put, Mm -hmm. you can see who they're trying to push and you can't push everybody. And I would much rather you take a small pool and let's go all the way with those guys rather than try and give something to everybody and then no one gets over. And they, they went very hard with that, with the with the Brock story and just, hey, your role tonight is to be a sacrificial lamb for Brock because <laughs> we're telling a bigger story. And a lot of guys had to fall into that category tonight. Um, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, thumbs uh, up. Thumbs up. I really enjoyed the men's rumble. I enjoyed the women's rumble as well. Um, overall, the, the rest of the show, I... I thought that the matches were good, but they just seemed incredibly unimportant to me. And my personal, I think, uh, energy level was a little bit lower. So I'm going to go maybe thumbs uh, three quarters of the way up. I'm only going in the middle uh, on this one. Men's Rumble, I, w- I was very happy with. I thought the booking of it was was very strong. I enjoyed Brian and The Fiend. thought the, the Women's Rumble, to me, was average. And beyond that, I... I can't say that like this show was like blow away great. There no, was but you come for the rumble, right? I mean, that's why you're there. Well, I I I gave them five hours of my night, so <laughs> the fact that one of them delivered, I, I don't know if that's not, that that would not be necessarily. Uh, they, I think it was over, over six. It started five, remember? Five. What time were it? Six hours. Yeah, over six. Six hours. Yep. I watched the entire kickoff show. I yep. should I should be given a medal by the end of that. You can get that new belt. Let's no, go to the look, we go to the forums right now. Okay, for your rating, and uh, you guys out of ten voted this particular show six point nine seven out of ten. For our forum, that's that's a strong rating. We're also opening up the phone lines right now one seven three two eight hundred forty four twenty three. Long distance chargers may apply, or just simply search post wrestling on Skype to, to connect for to us for free. So uh, you want to start us off, John, with uh, some feedback from the forum? Sure. Jeremy in Texas writes: People complain they give Brock Lesnar a lot, and they do, but he was tremendous for the first half of the Rumble. The spot taking the finishers from Kofi Ray and Biggie was awesome. The moment with Shelton Benjamin was well done, and even even him dancing to MVP's music was subtle but entertaining. Everything paid off when Brock took the Claymore to, from Drew to foreshadow their title match at WrestleMania. Great men's rumble. Question, does the end of the rumble show how poor the depth is on SmackDown? You had all Raw guys, Edge, and Roman. Yeah, I think we went over that. It's, um, I, I think they wanted to really make a concerted effort by those last bodies that were in there that you could viably see any of them winning. And I think on the SmackDown side, um, you know, you could have included... Oh, I'm trying to think... Uh, Age is a raw guy, so you can't even necessarily go there. So, I mean, it's no secret. The main event depth is not what it is on Raw that they have on SmackDown. 
So the last half there was like four SmackDown guys that came yeah. out, right? We go to the phone lines. Caller, you're on the air. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. Can you guys hear us? Hello? Hey there. How you doing? Hey, this is Uncle D from the show. First Uncle, time, long time. Whoa, Uncle D. Nice to hear from you. What a special occasion. Hey. All the way from the show. What's up? I just, uh, I want to I wanna talk about how disappointed I am in the Rumble. Oh, well, go ahead. The forum is yours. There was so there there are so many you have Samoa Joe, you have Kevin Owens, you have these wrestlers, these great talkers that just get you know, they, they lasted, they had their moments and they just get jobbed out at the end. These are the people that need to be headlining WrestleMania. And it's just so sad to see them get done like that. I mean, they come out of it though that they they have programs in place. Um you know, this was the year that they, you know, they've they've made their decision on on Drew McIntyre. So that's where I, I I don't find that Owens and Joe are in some awful place. I just feel like they were, they've kind of just been thrown into this bigger program, or I shouldn't say bigger program, but a program with Seth Rollins and company. And I mean, those are, I mean, I don't think most people went into this Rumble expecting either of them to be winning this thing. I think people see where where they're slotted. They're you know they're upper mid carders on on Raw, like kind of that level below main event level. In in I I think everything does revolve around Brock Lesnar and who you would oppose against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania to create the most interesting mainstream appealing type of match. And for for this year at least, they think that person is Drew McIntyre. And you guys have been calling it for weeks, but that's the beautiful thing about the Rumble is that you can get that person an extra push, an extra chance, and I'm just. I don't know. I think they wasted it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my call off the air. John and Way, I love you guys. You're the only reason I listen to WWE or follow this stuff. We had a big party tonight. We had a great time. We've been listening to you guys for the last hour. Oh. You guys keep doing your thing. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot for Thank the phone you, call. Thank you, Uncle D. See you. All righty. Back to the phone lines. We go to Hanzi. Hanzi, what do you think of the Rumble? I, I thought um, both Rumbles were actually really good. Maybe it was because of the environment that I was I was out and about. So I was watching it with friends. So, I mean, we, we popped for, like, a lot of the major parts, like, you know, MVP coming back. I mean, it was, like, you know, obviously brief and all that. And I know, listen, I was sick of Brock Lesnar dominating, but I think it's going to be one of those things that we look back fondly at because I, I feel like, it did keep the rumble going, and it did have me on the edge of my on my, on my seat when I had Biggie, Kofi, and Ray kind of team up on him. Keith Lee, I was hoping we would get a riddle confrontation, but that didn't happen. Um, as far as the women's Royal Rumble go, I enjoyed the women's Royal Rumble. I thought it was very well put together. Um, I, I I just I thought that with Charlotte winning, I was honestly hoping that Oscar would have won the title, and you know maybe. She, her getting her win back over Charlotte, and then you know you could have done Becky and Ronda somehow if that was going to end up being something, right? But I, I just don't want to see Charlotte and Becky again. I don't know, like, uh, like, do you guys see any, any? I don't see that happening, Hansi. I think that that one, it, there's a time to go back to Becky and Charlotte. WrestleMania is not it, so I, I wouldn't be expecting that for WrestleMania. Okay, that's cool. And uh, before I go, do you, um, me personally, I would love to see. Um, Edge with Seth Rollins. I know he can do AJ as well, but do you guys think that if they do a first match back, do you think WWE will 
kind of be careful with it and maybe put him in like a multi-man match, like you know, uh, a four-on-four with Seth guys and you know Joe Ko and Alistair Black. Like I could see that, but I would personally prefer Edge versus Rollins if he's capable of doing a singles um, match. Uh, I and I'll take your thoughts off the air. Thank you again for the good coverage, guys. Uh, take it easy. Thank you, Hansi. I mean, typically in WWE, like once. Once you are cleared and given the green light, it's like, you're cleared. And I don't know if they're going to have any reservations at that point. If they if they have gone to this length to decide that, okay, this guy can do matches again, I, I think they've obviously got a plan in place. And I think that would be, uh, you know, something notable. Would As we look, you know, you mentioned Saudi Arabia. Could you see Edge wrestling before WrestleMania? Or do you think that that is... The all the optimum time for him to come back. I see him wrestling before WrestleMania. You know, if anything, really, just eh? to, yeah, I do. Yeah, um, I think that's just way too much time in between. I'm sure he wants to like get into ring shape, whether that be a tag match. He's in cosmetic shape, and Absolutely. I mean, he was in the the Rumble. What would you say, like 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, yeah. Battle Royals. It, it's kind of it, it's not the same as a no. singles match. No. Obviously, I feel like he's here for Rumble season. Not just sorry, mania season. Mania not season. just the ma- not just mania. But there's that. If you have too many matches before you get to mania, how does it special anymore? Well, it's always the the opponent. I think the the storyline yeah. that that you know uh, makes that special. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying have a bunch of singles matches, have a bunch of dream matches, but like tag matches, tag tag team partners that you can rekindle things with. You have uh, Randy Orton, who's who's obviously you know a tag team partner. Rey Mysterio is a former tag team partner yeah. of, his, of his. I'd love to see them, him do a, bu- a bunch of stuff. I think four he man tags. Though. I mean, when you look yeah, at no. the side, you know, Raw has all the, the good guys is. that I think would f- you. I want to see Edge with the most, but yeah, SmackDown kind of needs somebody like him. I would imagine, like, it would seem to make sense that he's on Raw tomorrow night. Yeah. I would definitely put him on that show. And I guess you also have to look at the fact, like, is this is he coming back? Because I don't think anyone's expecting him back full-time that is wrestlemania kind of he's coming back to do like a little farewell at wrestlemania Mm -hmm. and either you build up to one big match at wrestlemania and then he's gone or is he looking at it that say i've got x amount of matches in me i want to do singles matches with three guys and then i'm done at mania maybe an intergender match with his wife that's a possibility uh, now. Maybe. Sorry, I mean like an intergender tag. Maybe he's tag. coming back for mixed match challenge. Yes. Maybe that's that's <laughs> all, all, all married couples. And coming off of this rumble, those two are, are two of the bigger talking points of this show. Yeah, Beth Phoenix sure. and uh, Edge. So yeah, we could have had uh, we had several like husband and wife combinations yes. on this show. We also got the first uh, add this to the trivia for next year's game: father daughter rumble winners. Father daughter rumble. Rick and Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yes. Cool. Very cool. All right, let's go back to the phones. Back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on the air. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, boy. boy. Brandon. The man that has been banned from Twitter. Have you spoken to Mike before? Yeah, it was your last time. He just giggled all the time, I think. Yes, your political prisoner, Brandon, is back. How how was the Royal Rumble behind bars tonight? Oh. I mean, it sucked. I couldn't interact with the, with the Twitterverse. Man. I couldn't see what was going on, man. I only had to... I just had to watch the show? The... Wait, are you not yeah, allowed to sign up for a, uh, another account or something? You could do that, but that's cheating, man. I don't want to do that. So. You, you want to serve your like sentence. Way... Yeah, I'm going to serve out my my final four days like a man. Oh, so you actually have, a, rate, have an end date of this? 
It's like, it's like you failed a, like a wellness violation. <laughs> <laughs> How would that happen? Yeah, I'm Bobby Roode, except I'm not cut up when I cut right out of return. So would you think? Did you see that? Did you see that encounter when uh when uh, uh Orton said to uh, Edge, "Man, shit, you're there." What do you say? Shit, you're ripped or something like that. Yeah, he was he was remarking about uh, Edge being shredded. I think shredded. Yeah. That's all natural, right? What did you think okay, of the rumble? Moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> what did you think of the rumble? I thought it was, I thought it was cool, man. Uh, uh, I, I, I have a one one gripe though about Sarah Logan. She, she should change her name to the main event Sarah Logan because that's all you see is her in, in the main event, right? She does wrestle on main event but, a lot, Brandon. I thought you were yeah. talking. Okay. Yeah. And, and, but um. Well, is there going to be like? Is there going to be? Uh, I know there's like a bunch of shows for Mania, but uh, uh, is this? Are these feuds are really going to be set for Mania, or are they going to be settled beforehand? And uh, one more thing, uh, uh, I noticed the the Fiend's belt. I mean, uh, Jerry Lawler's face is so pulled back; it looks like the Fiend's belt. What do you think about that? I'm out here. Okay. I love that our show is also. It's kind of like. It's open mic night where he, he like gets up on stage and it's like it, some it's material not. that's ready, some that he's just trying to see, he's trying to gauge like what kind of response I get to it, and then he's going to go back to the drawing board. I don't think he was looking for actual answers to any. Of them, I, I don't right? think he's ever yeah, looking okay. for answers. I think okay. he's just looking for reactions. So uh, more more power to him. Go back to the phone lines, caller. You're on the air. What's up? Hey, it's Paul from New Jersey. Hey, Paul. Uh, first off, hashtag uh, free Brandon from New Jersey. Um, but, uh, so one observation that I, I could imagine if I was Andrade that annoyed me was, um, you know, it's one thing to be on the pre-show, but he was going for this like really elaborate twisting move off the top rope and it, like cut to commercial and then went back to wrestling. And man, if I'm like somebody like him, I would probably be annoyed by that. But, um, I was catching up with, uh, you guys podcast and I was listening to the worst of it. As your uh, resident Billy Kay and Iconics fan, I was bummed to, you know, hear, but you guys are 100% right about them. And my question is, like, um, I don't know if they're in Australia or what, but is the writing on the wall for those two? Because I have to imagine, like, in a match where you have Santina and Tamina and, you know, all these kind of, you know, women to try and fill in, to not make the top 30, like, do you guys have any status on them? Because they've been ghosts since, like, October 20th. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what their their status is. Um, I was kind of surprised that they weren't in the match. Not so much that you know. I knew that the, you had to have your quota of NXT people in there. You wanted to have a few surprises, but to me, like someone like Zelina Vega, that to me is someone like you. Just you need bodies to yeah. to fill in. So the fact that you had Zelina Vega in there that does not have to be doing anything physical. There was no reason for her to be in this match. Uh, that to me is a slot that. It just seemed like they needed someone for. It's also a chance, like, if you wanted to, you get the Iconics back in there and kind of reboot them a little bit, right? Give them something new, a new look, whatever it might be. Because there's still those that tag team division, which is totally ignored. It's like, look at this. We're coming up on a year of these women's tag titles. And if you want to look at where those tag titles declined to me, it was putting them on the Iconics. Like, yeah. they were... They were seriously viewed upon titles with Bailey and Sasha. And once they went to the Iconics, like they were quickly dismissed. And even now on Asuka and Kyrie saying like they're not they're not defended. They're nope. just they're just there. Um, you know, they just 
uh, to me, titles that really didn't get over. Yeah, I was just going to, I was going to ask you guys, and I'll let you guys go. Like, um, obviously, and like when I was listening to you and Braden talk, and like the, the complaint against them is like their in ring work, and it is definitely justified. Like, it is very noticeable to see, like, but, you know, like uh, some talents, like they're very good on the mic, they sell t shirts, they're good on the other stuff. So, my question is for you guys, and maybe do we see this in the future of like, okay, we have somebody who we think is a talent, but they're a little rusty in the ring. Can you send them down to NXT, and I mean like the PC, like not NXT on the USA Network, see if they can work out some kinks in two months and then see where they come back? Do you guys see that kind of being a thing for people who struggle on the main roster? I, I see that being more of a viable option now because they are they are not in the mode of wanting to cut anybody. So I, I'm definitely not sensing that. You do have these options now. You could send them elsewhere, but that... You know that's that's a move they they have yet to make, but those those are two that to me could have benefited greatly from staying in NXT for the amount of time that they they've been up on the main roster now. I think that they were not ready when, when they called them up. They're great personalities, but to me they they still had a lot of development to be had in NXT. So throwing them somewhere NXT that would make sense to me. But again, NXT is. It's also not the developing ground either when you've got two hours of television and they just need to be on the road doing matches. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of slots that are occupied in NXT as well now. Yeah, I I just think, like, if again, uh, to reiterate, is if you can't make this 30 women's match and you're on the main roster, I think that I I would be a little bit worried about my placement. But uh, anyway, thanks so much, guys. Talk soon. Thank you, Paul. Back to the forums, we go to Gerard, who says, I thought it was an overall good, but not great show. The Becky versus Asuka match and the men's rumble saved it. Thought Brock's run-in in the rumble was great. Enjoyed him going through two former IWGP Intercontinental Champions in a row. However, I don't think sacrificing Kofi and somebody they have been pushing like Rowan was a good idea. The Rumble coming down to Drew and Roman was a great idea as it helped to tease another Rumble win for Roman that might have received a cold response. I had no issue with Eric Rowan. Um, you can't get that story across if it's throwing out Zack Ryder's and Kurt Hawkins. Like you do need to put some substantive people in there that's going to evoke a, a kind of response like that from the crowd that's shocked at watching Brock run through all of these people. I mean, part of that was surprising people with just the ease of which he threw them out. I, I think you have to, you have to view this thing as a whole and not just certain guys that got thrown out there. To me, it was th- that that pop was enormous. Like second to Edge, I would say Drew eliminating Brock was the biggest pop in that in that rumble. Next up, we go to Brandon from Oshawa. Really enjoyed the show. Only downspot for me was the SmackDown Women's Title match. The Women's Rumble was well booked and felt like a very traditional rumble and much better than last year's. The Fiend and Brian was excellent and was the best Fiend match so far. Men's Rumble was an all-time favorite for me, with the exception of Morrison being tossed out early and Matt Riddle's quick elimination. It was pretty close to perfect. All right. We got a Sean from Toronto who says WWE took a huge risk ma- making the first half of the Rumble so one-sided, but it ultimately accomplished its job of setting up Brock versus Drew. Of the two, I thought the women's Rumble had more surprises, though I'm not sure if Charlotte eliminating Shayna was the right way to go. The rest of the card was pretty lackluster, but at least they got rid of that stupid red light for the Fiend. And we'll see if it if it's ultimately gone or we go back to Saudi Arabia where he won the title and the red light is back. Sam from Tennessee, 
Very good show overall, which peaked at the end for me. Women's Rumble was building well until Bianca got eliminated, which the crowd did not respond well to. Daniel Bryan asserted his status as the GOAT once again by putting on a phenomenal match with The Fiend. I completely bit on the LaBelle lock with the strap, but Wyatt again got to look dominant at the end. Perfectly fine if that if it means putting over someone big at Mania. Men's Rumble is one of the best they have ever put on. I know some people will be critical of Brock's dominance, but it built to the crescendo and making Drew's elimination of him that much more impressive. And says, I was going nuts rooting for Edge or Drew to take it all. I'm now extremely hyped for Brock and Drew at WrestleMania. On a personal note, Edge is one of my favorite wrestlers, and I ran around the house screaming when his music hit. He was sorely missed. Hopefully he sticks around for a while if he is medically able to. I guess that'll be the next question. It's like, what kind of run are you looking for, Edge? I think everyone can expect him for WrestleMania. Uh, beyond that, I guess, is is a question mark. And maybe he doesn't even know it. I mean, that's that's another thing. If he's just coming in to do Mania and he feels great, who knows? It's, right. you know, those things can always change, potentially. We got a JD from RLS who says, that this was a mixed bag show. On the positive side, I really like the return of using the Rumble to make new stars and having Drew eliminate Brock and win was a massive positive step, assuming now he wins the title. Bianca Belair came out of tonight huge as well and put her forward as a major star going forward. On a negative side, a lot of the interim matches were average. Asuka, Becky never hit top gear and I just cannot get into this Fiend stuff regardless of how good Brian is. Also, I hated how long the Lesnar stuff went on for. It just didn't feel like a Rumble. And the Santina stuff, it's 2020. Let's just leave transphobic garbage in the past. Well, I as soon as he came out, I sensed that getting a lot of negativity and and probably justified for some that, you know, it's largely been we we have moved past this with with the women's division of this, but um, you know, it was, you know, their comedic spot for the Rumble and I think that that women's Rumble they were probably accepting any and all ideas to just uh, move this thing along. Okay, let's go. Uh, Brian from New York. When it comes to the Rumble event, give me two good Rumbles, a couple of surprises, and a good match or two outside, and I'm good. As far as, my, as far as I'm concerned, this fit the bill. More than most years, they built two unique matches between the men and the women, threw us a couple of curveballs, and gave us at least one new big baby face heading into Mania for a fresh match with Lesnar. We got a solid Becky Oscar match, and my goodness, Daniel Bryan has dragged Bray Wyatt to another of his two to three best matches in his career. Jesse in Taipei, no better way to start your week off than with a rumble on a Monday morning, right, fellas? He writes something in in Chinese. I think he I think he wrote Happy New Year to me. Um, so thank you for that, Jesse. Unfortunately, this show pissed me off. Rumble matches allow you to tell multiple stories, but Vince decided on narrow and uninspired ones. I debated this with MJ. He enjoyed the show and the men's Rumble specifically. I'm more in line with Brian Mann's thinking that Brock didn't need this. I get how Brock's dominance was a spectacle, but I thought you could have got Drew over by eliminating Brock before he buried all those guys. Elias, Rowan, MVP... Fine, but sacrificing and returning Morrison, the IC champ, Biggie, and Kofi, Ricochet also looked like a dweeb. To their credit, I'm glad they went all the way and had McIntyre win instead of Reigns. They should have done the same with Shayna, but she at least was booked strong. All right, let's skip down a few here because there's quite a bit of feedback here. Chris from uh, Melbourne, Australia. It seems with a lengthy break from WWE, I have become less desensitized to all the marketing speak. 
every unnatural big dog, and is it? Could it be? Stood out like a sore thumb, and before the show was over, I knew I'd be happy to skip everything else between now and Mania. What about the graphics on display for uh, Roman Reigns those tonight? CGI graphics, the bronze statue. bronze. This is one of our rare let's rewind to see this mm. moments. Wait, you, for you, us. you stepped out for a second. I had stepped yeah. out, and you guys were just saying, we got to go back to this. This is, this is the highlight. This is like if ever there's a statue <laughs> erected for Roman Reigns, Joe Anawahi, this will be the image that yeah, they carve sure. out this of marble. Is, this is the Hall of Fame statue uh he calls the best part edge coming back he says my number one all-time favorite perhaps getting the chance to go out on his own terms maybe there's a match to come maybe this is it either way he looked fantastic and i hope he enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed watching his return worst part was keeping track of beth's crimson helmet and wincing every time she took a big bump you could tell within minutes that she was set for the final four otherwise i have no doubt she'd have been taken out of the match earlier Let's end off here with Christian, who says, This was the first full WWE pay-per-view I've watched in a while, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought the Women's Rumble this year was the best out of the three they've had. Bianca Belair was a standout, in my opinion. The strap match was the best feed match since the character's debut. It helped that there was no red lighting. The Men's Rumble was very interesting to me. I was surprised by how far they went with Lesnar, but in the end, I was happy when McIntyre eliminating him and going on with McIntyre eliminating him and going on to win the Rumble. Also, Edge's return was a great moment. Happy to see him back, even if it was just for a match or two. Love the show. Thank you. All right. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for all your phone calls and all of the uh, the forum feedback as well. Um, seemed like this was a show. Uh, comes with its criticisms, but I think overall, I think you ended it with a pretty strong rumble with a lot of news and, and, and possibilities coming out of it that I think people seek for the rumble. So uh, coming out of this, uh, now it's the road to Super Showdown. <laughs> The road to Super Showdown, yes. The road to Super Showdown. And uh, hopefully no complications on the road back from Ooh. Super Showdown. Yes, Ooh. yes. So uh, we are going to be back. Super Showdown and then Chamber. That's it, right? Yeah. So we, we didn't really talk about the, the SmackDown picture for WrestleMania. So let's end off on that. Is The Fiend and Roman Reigns the destination you're expecting for WrestleMania? Can you see any other uh, scenario? So, do you have Reigns beat The Fiend, then, for the title? At WrestleMania? Yeah. I would think that would be the time to finally beat The Fiend, is yeah. at WrestleMania. Do you, I think it's a little too early, still. And how are people going to react to it being Reigns? It's it's a gamble. Yeah. It's a gamble. I think, and... I think they'll react positively if they're taking it off of The Fiend. You know, I feel like The Fiend holding the belt is almost at this point... Uh, as much of a negative as maybe Brock Lesnar holding it. You think so? I I personally do think so. Because all these matches he's been having, it's like at best, they've been at best passable and tolerable. And you you have, you have can only rely on very special talents like a Daniel Bryan to get good matches out of him. Right. At this point, I, I would personally prefer a Roman Reigns run than another Fiend. I really hope if, if Bryan is like outside of this title picture, I, I hope he does have something significant for wrestlemania what like you, what do you see i i have no idea where where he ends up at the moment ryan from the smackdown side who else they got um john morrison maybe somebody you know that might be interesting uh trying to think um, there aren't a whole lot of options nakamura which they haven't Brian done yet. and nakamura right you know so something with cesaro i mean something the, the Sami Zayn stuff never really got fully resolved so he can pair with one of those two I would like. I'd like to see Daniel Bryan Nakamura. Sure, do you, but do you see those kind of guys on Daniel Bryan's level right now? Um, there's it a can gap. Be. There's definitely a there's gap. There's a gap. But right? yeah. I mean, he's he is definitely like 
top tier in that company, especially on that show, right? But who else is top tier? That's a good question. What happened to SmackDown? Like, if it, you know, they got the big contract and they did the draft and it just seems like everything got scrambled. Like, when you look at Raw, like, they've got the excess where it feels like this year, is Ricochet going to have a big program at Mania? Is Aleister Black going to have a big program at Mania? No. It's like they... There's like some excess on Raw that could, I think, greatly enhance SmackDown by just right. having one or two of those guys um, that you kind of look at. You know, and I think Raw, to their credit, they've done a very good job from the draft to now that there was some really dead months of Raw, but they were they were putting stock in trying to build some of these guys up. And now you're starting to see some of these guys take hold. Like, look where, look where Drew is today. I'm not saying he is your top guy yet, but he took a massive step forward tonight and has been over the last couple of weeks. And, and you've been seeing like different, um, like a Ray, Ray Mysterio. Where does Ray right. fit on raw at, at the moment? It's like now that the Brock program is over uh, and draw maybe they're going to continue that, but it's, uh, again, like all of this on Raw, there's different directions to go and, and much less so on SmackDown. Well, Mike, you have been a trooper tonight. Thank you so much for joining us for, what was it, six hours of the Rumble and then chatting with everybody was here fun. on the post show. It was a good time having you. Uh, we appreciate the mimosas very much. Thank you so much. The mimosas? Samosas. Samosas. The mimosas are to come. I, I, that's, that's for later on, right, guys? Or tomorrow morning? <laughs> we're we're going to go right to breakfast. John, John's done, guys. <laughs> I'm tapped out. Goodbye. Uh, thank you to everybody for joining us. Wayne and I will be back Monday night with Rewind to Raw coming out of that show and whatever they do. And a special note, if you entered our Royal Rumble contest, results should come by Wednesday on Rewind to Dynamite. Yes, I understand the tabulations have already begun. Uh, we will definitely have a winner by Wednesday. So tune into that to find out if you are the winner of the Royal Rumble pool. Did you submit, Mike? No, I did not. Oh. Did anyone in your family submit? Nobody submitted this. Not even the Queen of C Block? No, the Queen of C Block did not. Oh, man. She, like, restricts her contest to the G1. I understand she didn't even care to watch. You you are right. She's (laughs) she's a little bit lost. Was that our fault? No, I mean, without me being there, then yeah, she's we'll probably catch Let's some. Let's invite tomorrow. her next time. She could have come. Yeah, until one that. o'clock in the morning or yeah. so. She's invited not just around. to watch the show, but to be. You know, if if he on this Lacey Evans kid could stay that, up that late, <laughs> she will probably take you up on that to do a podcast. We, we want right? her on the podcast. I would give up this seat uh, and just have. You two, all uh, right, the three of you, run down the raw. So, level. so John and Way want to have uh, my oldest daughter in, guys. And we the can get a, block, we, yeah. get a yeah. review. It'll be there fun. We go. We'll do some, we'll, maybe we'll figure something to do Definitely to for the G1, I think we should get you want to do one of the shows with her? Yeah. Totally. Okay. it be fun. Yes. It is going to be in the fall, though. It's it is in the fall this year, so she'll be in so, school. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to figure something out. So she'll have to take a month off school to watch the G1. <laughs> <laughs> maybe do one around Thanksgiving or something. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate all of the support, and we'll speak with you Monday night after Rewind to Raw and after Way closes with us. I want to thank everybody in the chat room who stuck with us on a Sunday night. Uh, hello to all of you. Eric, Brandon, Brandon, Eric, Tess, Bruhaven, uh, it, all you guys, Hansi, all of you guys who tried to call in but uh, unfortunately couldn't. We'll try to get to you guys on Thursday when the Hangout comes back. Yes, we're back with the Hangout. The whole schedule will be up on Monday. Lots of big shows coming up this week. And yeah, thanks. We did two live shows this weekend. Uh, thank you so much to everyone to tune in, especially on Friday night. I was expecting we get zero calls, and we got quite a lot of people tuning in Friday night. So thank you. Even even WH Park called in. Awesome, Mike. All right. For Mike Murray, Wei Ting, I'm John Pollock, and thank you for listening to the Royal Rumble Post Show. <laughs>